In this episode, I am chatting with Julie Cole, co-founder of Mabel's Labels and author of the new book, Like a Mother, Birthing Businesses, Babies, and a Life Beyond Labels. I love chatting with Julie. We could have talked about everything under the sun and gone on forever. It's such a great chat. We talk about her book how she came to it. We talk about being autism moms. We talk about labels. We talk about what self-care looks like for you. She just, her book and this episode, she just has such a great perspective and so many bits of wisdom to share and so many lessons. I just love how she parents, how she shares about parenting. It's such a great chat. I know you're going to love her. Here we go. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of MomCamp, and each episode I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community, because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Julie, and welcome back to the Around the Campfire podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. So you were basically, one, when I was a baby podcaster, you were one of my very first guests. So I'm just so thrilled to have you back. But so for people that haven't heard that episode or aren't familiar with you, I can't imagine who they might be. Can you start by introducing yourself and who you're a mom to, all of the people you're a mom to, what you do, <laughs> all the things? You bet. Okay. So my name is Julie Cole. I'm the co-founder of Mabel's Labels. Um, I'm a parenting writer and a media contributor. Um, I have just written a book called Like a Mom, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And I have six humans um, and they, and one dog. As you know, I've gone through some dog trauma this week. My dog had heat stroke. Oh, and I'm baby. like telling you, if it's not kids, it's a silly dog. But anyway, he's all good now. Um, but yeah, my kids, they're getting older. It's getting a lot easier. The youngest is 13. So they're 13, 15, 17. What are we at now? 19, 21 and 22. Amazing. So lots of big kids. And I will tell anyone who's listening with little ones and they hear parents complaining, saying bigger kids, bigger problems, baloney. This yeah. is easy. I find it I find it so much easier. I mean, my tea is still hot when I go to drink it. When I'm at the pool, I don't, I'm not counting one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six the whole yeah. time. Like I can eat a proper dinner without just always serving people. It's, um, I sleep a full night. Like, yeah, I didn't do that for 10 years. Right. No. Like, but I think that the stresses change. Right. Sure. Like, yeah. I think like, yeah, I agree as they get older and you can reason with them and yes. they can take on chores around the house and like all of these things, yeah. everything gets easier. But I find like our daughter's going into high school this year. Our son's been in high school for a couple of years. Um, but it's just all of a sudden it's this realization of the letting go and the like, what if I haven't prepared them and right. the stresses and the anxieties that come with that. So I see like some stuff gets harder because they're starting yeah. to go out into the world. For sure. But, and and yeah. there are things too, like it depends also, like, obviously a big thing for me was like raising, wanting to raise my kids to be very independent and, and um, to be, you know, um, socially aware and to be empathetic. So, you know, you do all that work when they're babies and when they're hmm. little ones. 
And then you kind of get to be like, okay, that, that paid off, like investing in all that. Um, you know, like I don't have, um, you know, my kids are good kids. Like nobody like lies to me or nobody slammed a door. I might get the odd eye roll, but that's probably, you know, the, the gist of it. I mean, you do worry obviously about their emotions, you know, you've got some like one of my kids was hit hard their mental health with the with the lockdown because mm. they hated it they're just mm-hmm. like you know they were that kid who was you know at university and you know captain of the lacrosse team and and and, and loved going to their labs and being with the friends studying till midnight at the library so when suddenly they're just in a basement alone like that had a huge impact so i mean you do worry about things obviously like their mental health i see a lot of a lot of parents with kids my age they worry about their kids socially of course like mm-hmm. you want them to have good friend groups you know one drama um but you know, again, I found that by role modeling, um, you know, having no drama relationships myself, yeah. that I haven't had kids who have dealt with a lot of, a lot of drama. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I think it is something that parents of teens, and I've seen this where they try to get involved in their kids drama or like you know one time um, my daughter was growing apart from a friend and you know that's that happens and the mom reached out to me on my Instagram and was like oh my gosh Julie I'm so worried about the girls I'm like dude like this is not our business like this is for them to sort out like we can't like we can't try to micromanage their relationship. They've got the skills. If they decide not to be friends, they decide not to be friends. Like people do grow apart and that's okay. But I do see like a lot of moms getting themselves really their knickers and I'm not about their kids' friendships or mm-hmm. they get to it. Like if they're like, say their daughter has like a new boyfriend, they get too attached to the new boyfriend. So when they break up, the mom herself is devastated. It's like, dude, they're like 16. Don't get invested with their boyfriends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I, yeah. So I think there's a lot of stress that parents of teens can bring upon themselves. You do mm-hmm. have to remember like, you know, that, that they, they need to be able to sort out a lot of their own social things and talk to you about it. Like my kids yes. talk to me about what's going on. I just, and I might give suggestions or be like, Hey, what do you think you can do to problem solve that? Or do you think you could have mm-hmm. dealt with that a little bit better, but I'm not going to dive in and reach out to kids or their parents. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's so funny. Like I just try and our son's a very different situation. Um, he's as I, you know, he's on the autism spectrum. And so like, that's a whole, that's a whole other parenting thing. Oh, no, I know it. Yeah. But for <laughs> our daughter, it's more like just checking in and saying like, so how are you feeling about that? You know, as opposed to trying to control it. But then even last night we were watching a movie and I was like, wow, she's, she's like, I really hope she gets some resolution here and turns into a better person. Cause she's not a great person right now. And my daughter said to me, well, it's actually partly the people she's hanging around. And I was like, well, thank you, my guru. Like she's yeah. so grounded. And I was like, you're right. Absolutely. You're right. But you know what? Like, so much better. You're like, she knows that. Like yeah. that. I love that. Like, I mean, talk about, um, you know, and this is, you know, people say, oh, my kids don't talk to me. Or like meet them where they are. Watch the movies they're watching. Read the books they're reading. Like, do you think I really wanted to watch Breaking Bad? I really didn't. But I have a teenager who's so into it and passionate about it that I'm like, I watch it. So, and now he's at camp and I'm writing him letters about what episode I'm on and what's happening, which character changed that I was shocked by, like meet them where they are. Like I sit and watch them play video games, you know, so I can talk to them about, but I love Jillian that you did that. Like 
taking that opportunity, like that's a teachable moment and, and a conversation opener, like watch some hard stuff yeah, so that you can have those conversations and get a, get a finger on the pulse of how, you know, how your kiddo is, is interpreting that and what they would do in that situation. It's, totally. It's, fun, right? it's scary though. Like I still haven't watched euphoria and my daughter hasn't either, but it's yeah. like, that's, a, I've everything I've heard about that show. I'm like, I'm not ready to, to go there yet. I miss this. I don't know this. Oh, this is oh, I miss it's this. Zendaya's show. And there's a ton oh. of drug use. And right. apparently it is incredible. Right. But I don't think I'm ready to have conversations about the top. I mean, my daughter's 12, but I don't think right. I'm ready to have the conversation. Well, dude, I'm watching Breaking Bad with my 15 yeah. year old. Like well, we, we could start a meth lab at this point. <laughs> like we, we talk about cooking and yeah. how it can be cloudy. <laughs> That's how our conversations go. Yeah. We're not watching Caillou anymore. No, no, exactly. Oh God, Caillou. Don't even get Thank me God. <laughs> That kid just taught kids how to be rude to their parents. Yeah. That's what that kid did. That's just. How parents didn't change the channel. Remarkable. Well, well, we, I wrote a blog post way back when I first started blogging yeah. about how we were banning Caillou in our house. Because <laughs> right. our, our son started to mimic what right. this kid was saying and how Rudy was being. And I was like, well, that's not happening. That's you know what? Just- I actually had an experience like that. So my daughter went, she's got this little, she had this little friend who was a real princess and could talk to her parents very rudely. And um, my daughter went over to her house and spent the afternoon there. And then when she came home, she kind of tried it on. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, what is going on? I'm like, are you new here? Have we just met? What is? And then she admitted, she's like, well, my little friend talks to her parents like that. So I thought I'd try it out. I'm like, oh, good for her. That, this is, I'm like, that's very brave. But I'm like that, you know, like that's not our house. That's not how things work here. I don't even yeah. talk to you like that. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, okay. And I was like, if you, you know, think that that's okay, then, you know, you're not going to be able to go hang out of that kid's house. Like, if you think you're going to be able to transfer some of that yeah. weirdness home. And then she was like, no, no, I just thought I'd try the ones, but I'm good. <laughs> but amazing that she had that awareness yeah. to say that, right. As opposed to just like, and you know what, oh, kids test boundaries, right. Yeah. And we don't need to freak out when they do. That's their job. They're going to try and like, there's the line. Let's stick our toe a little bit over it. See how that works. Like, good on them. Let them give it a ripper and go and then shove them on the other side of the line again. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and that starts from like two right? Yeah. Like they really start trying and it's just, it looks different at two, yes. right? It's yes. like grabbing the thing you've said not to grab or like, you yeah. know, and then it goes forever. I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. The other oh, thing I- that I've really found with the teens and it started when they were young and, and part of it is around, and I do talk about it a little bit in the book is about like, you know, I talk about how I don't carry mom guilt. Mm-hmm, I, gave, mm-hmm. I, gave, I gave mom guilt five kids ago because I don't find it's proactive. It's not healthy and it doesn't change anything unless I make a change. So if I do something where I screw up as a mom or I make a bad call or I, you know, snap at somebody and I shouldn't have, like, I just tell them like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, you know what, this is what I did. This is how I could have done it. And this is what I've learned and going forward, I'm going to do better. And the interesting side bonus of that is that it's, you know, I always say this parenting gig, you can tell them all you want, teach all you want. It's a role modeling gig. Mm-hmm. You show them. 
and you show them. And like, now I feel like my kids, they're not like they, if they make a mistake, they admit it. Like nobody lies mm-hmm. or tries to hide things. I don't think I've even had to punish anyone quite frankly. Amazing. Like they'll be like, Oh, I did this. And you know, I remember the best though. One, one, one kid tried to pull something and he was so, it was my oldest and it was exam time at uni. And um, he and his buddies went to Toronto. It was like the middle of winter without telling me. They went to Toronto because they wanted to go to like a video game. Um, there was this thing they played super, not super Mary Bros. I don't know, some sort of, I don't know, some sort of game. There was some sort of game happening going on. Okay, okay. So they went into Toronto and then, you know, and, uh, and I was away with my other, with the girls at a hockey tournament. So then I get a call from one of the, his friend's moms going, Hey, um, I can't get a hold of Matthew. I know the boys are in Toronto. I can't get a hold of Matthew. Can you call Mac? And like, and, and, and I'm like, Max didn't go out studying for exams. And she's like, Oh, oh. and I was like, fascinating. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, I call, uh, I text Mac. I'm like, Hey Mac, I hope Toronto's going. Okay. I'm in a tournament with the girls. Maybe he was still in high school. He must have still been in high school. So I was like, May, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still at the tournament with the girls, but, you know, I'll talk to you about Toronto, you know, t- tomorrow when I get back. So, you know, of course, the guy, like, when I get back from the tournament, he's standing in the driveway, pacing, waiting for me. Yeah. And he's just like, Mom, like, what are you going to do to me? And I was like, I don't know. What do you think I should do to you? So here's the thing. So like, I'm a big fan of natural consequences. The kid had no money. He went to Toronto with no money. He didn't, (laughs) he didn't dress appropriately. So he was like, he had like a t-shirt on because he's like that guy. He's my kid on spectrum too. Functioning is not perfect. Um, So he didn't have enough money to actually participate in the Smash Brothers Mm -hmm. tournament. Right. So, but his friend bought him some, his friend bought him some food or something. And then to top it off, he ran into my brother-in-law in Union Station, who was down there for a game. And my brother, like his uncle's like, Mac, what are you doing here? Dude, where's your coat? What's... And Mac's just like, don't tell mom. Like he got busted. So, so literally he comes home and I'm like, I don't really have anything to, I, what can I do? You got busted. You were cold. You're probably going to fail your exam. And like, I don't have to do anything to you. Yeah. Like yeah. you just done it to yourself. But, but the, the thing that came out of the conversation was that he said, you know, I didn't, I didn't tell you I was going cause it's exam time. And I knew you wouldn't let me go cause it's exam time. Mm. And I said, okay, well that's really fair, but this is actually how it would have gone. And you know, you've been, you've known me for like 18, 19 years here. So what would have happened is four weeks out, you could have said, there's a smash bros tournament. I want to go to during exams. And I would have said, okay, Let's map out how you're going to be prepared for your exams so that you can go to that during exam mm-hmm. time. And he was like, absolutely. You would have done that. That's how we always do things. And I was like, exactly. So mm-hmm. no punishment needed. And that's the only time where, you know, and him just pacing on the driveway. Was oh yeah. Beautiful. And the sisters were like, oh yeah, look at him. Look at him sweating until you get home. So it was funny, but I am a fan of the natural consequences, yeah. even when they're little, like I talk about it in the book too, about how, you know, if my kids for my, even my like littleish guys, like if they forget their school lunch, I don't run it into the school they can go mm-hmm. hungry for a day or bum an apple off somebody. I have to be highly productive. Mm-hmm. I have to get a lot done during the day. And if I chase around six kids for all the nonsense that they forget, mm-hmm. then they'll just keep doing it. 
Totally. You know, no one's starved. Nobody's had scurvy because they've, and they've only ever forgotten their school lunches once. So well, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so, and, and that's not punishment. It's just a natural consequence. But it's also, it's one of the things that I saw as a real through line in various parts of the book was yeah. about setting expectations. Communicating right. the plan is one of the things you talked about as a win-win, right? But then also that really speaks to setting expectations. First of all, as an entrepreneur, like, here's what I'm going to need and here's how I'm going to behave. And then I'm going to be there for you. And here's why I have to do it. Right. So you get everybody on the plan, but then also like, here's the expectation of how this would go. What if you wanted to go to Toronto, right? Like it's the same thing. It's having that communication with your kids and setting expectations for them at every level at every stage. I just, I loved it. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And you know, you're right. It is like, it is about managing expectations. And, and like, even, you know, when you're going to like, for anybody out there who's going to launch a business, like I would suggest that, you know, does your, if you have a spouse, you better make sure they understand what that looks like, you know, because mm-hmm. people do, I talk about how people romanticize entrepreneurship. You know, they think they're going to be doing a Ted talk and writing a book and, and, and making a bazillion dollars. And, and really it looks like making labels in a basement till 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Like and I love that you, you showed that really realistically too in the book. Like you said, there are years you don't make money. Like you yeah. have to have some financial stability somewhere if That's you're right. going to go into this because it's not automatic. And I think a lot of people do romanticize it and they think do. I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars in my first year. I'm going to get that yeah. Ted talk. And some people do. Sure. But sure. that's not the standard, right? But a lot of the time too, Jill, right? It's like, you're in line for 20 years. Yeah. This is like, you know, like I have written a book, but I started a business 18 years ago. Exactly. And, you know, like this is these well, things. I mean, we yeah. talked about before I hit record, like I still have yet to break even on a camp. Like it's, you know, right. because camp is expensive and I want to yes. keep it at a certain rate. So, but it's something I'm willing to do and build and grow, but right. it's also, I'm doing it for the love of it. Like you talked right. about knowing you're passionate, your why, right? knowing yeah. your why, like you're passionate. Passionate about it. You, you've got, you know, you've got a lot of energy behind it. You probably have a good business plan. And you know what, like, this is the thing too, like entrepreneurs out there, everybody's been impacted by COVID, especially yeah. live, live events, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that's been a huge, so, you know, everybody's kind of in a rebuild stage and, yeah. and that's, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. That's why, you know, you, the whole romanticizing and it, it's just, you know, keep it real. And, and yes, make sure, you know, your partner or your kids know, look, mm-hmm. if I do this, it's going to mean, you know, I'm not sitting when the kids go to bed at, at seven o'clock and watch Netflix and having a glass of wine. I'm going to the yeah. making labels or I'm going on my laptop and figuring out who's coming to camp and how I'm going to exactly. market this and who I'm going to reach out to and what communities I have to involve and blah. Like there's a lot. And, you know, if you do give up that second income, then, you know, maybe it doesn't look like you're going on a family holiday every year. Mm-hmm. Maybe Christmas presents aren't that great. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So, you know, you want to make sure everybody understands what it's really going to look like. Totally. And for us, for our family, like we've made the decision, I still work full time and it's not realistic for us to consider to get rid of that segment. So that's why I'm okay growing this thing that I'm growing at, at my own pace. Right. Yes, and exactly. what I can do. So yeah, that's no, brilliant. That's, but brilliant. that's expectations and for myself, right? That's right? Like that's yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's a really good point, especially considering that through the pandemic, 60% of women took up a side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause everybody, well, and it was kind of true. We talked, uh, you know, we talk about working from home and, and how, and they're also finding that, you know, people like families were eating dinner together more. Mm. Um, you know, if you're not commuting for two hours, people are more fit. 
They're getting more extra. They're like, oh, now I can fit 30 minutes in, or I can do a walk and talk. I can take this meeting on my walk Mm -hmm. and, you know, take the dog for a walk and do that. Like, so there are a lot of benefits and people have found time. um, And a lot of people have found time to do their side hustle. And I, I, I joke about this book actually, because with, for me, like I travel a lot, like I was in Dallas this weekend, like I travel a lot with work. I speak at a lot of conferences and events and, and things like that. So when COVID hit and I couldn't travel anywhere, I was like, I guess now's the time to write this book that's been on the to-do list for about eight years, because yeah. if not now, when? So the book kind of came my COVID side hustle yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> because I wasn't hopping on planes and pres- making presentations and doing that yeah. sort of thing. So yeah, it was totally. a good time for me. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk specifically about the book. Okay. You said it's been on the, in the hopper for eight years. So mm-hmm. what really drove you like this uh, for me, this like, book seems like a collection of everything you've ever said like and it's just all of the lessons you have and there's so many there's business hacks life hacks mom hacks like there's there's everything in it so what really drove you to write it besides the pandemic besides the pandemic yeah right (laughs) um so what really drove me was that I just I had a story to tell and I had lessons to share Mm -hmm. and you know like I think you know I'm 51 now I'm a seasoned entrepreneur I'm a seasoned mom um I've been around a while and I just think if I can make any of that just a little bit easier Mm -hmm. and help somebody not have to reinvent the wheel or even help share my perspective because I believe Mm -hmm. that has been my secret sauce the way you do have a different perspective than a lot of people out there and I love it it's just it's so realistic yeah yeah it's logical and it's also very like you know, I'm not a perfectionist. I Mm -hmm. don't have the perfect everything and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And it's what allows me to do all the things I can do. So even, you know, I just would love if the book helped women let go of some of that stuff that, you know, society projects on us and for us to say, whoa, 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 you know what? I'm good. Yeah, I got this. So, you know, so yeah, like you say, it's got the business hacks, the life hacks, the mom hacks, just so I think, you know, it's great for entrepreneurs. I, I think it's great. There's life lessons in there for people who aren't entrepreneurs, for people who aren't mm-hmm. parents, for people who are parents, but not entrepreneurs. If you're the trifecta, great. Like, mm-hmm. but I think there's a little bit something there for everyone. Um, and, you know, like you say, lots of lessons, um, you know, including, you know, there's some humor. Um, so just, and it's a, it's a fun read. I think it's mm-hmm. an easy read, you know, mm-hmm. sit on the dock at the cottage, you'll get, you'll whip through it. Um, have a smile on your face. So, you know, the point is like, what's the point of being getting this far and learning all these lessons if you don't share them? Totally. Totally. I, I, well, as I've shared before, I'm still halfway through, right? Like I haven't finished it. I'm being totally transparent to everybody. I think my listeners know I have trouble reading because of tinnitus. And so I have to have like background noise and stuff. So, but I was like, you know what I'm doing? I got it. I'm doing the audible. Well, I'm supposed I to be recorded. I, I know. You know what? You know what? The thing is, I was supposed to do it this summer and I probably yeah. still will. I should probably do it. Like I'm all set up to do it. Um, it, It's killing me though. Cause I just, I don't want to read my own book again. <laughs> I get it. If I, I get see it. those words one more time, I'm going to stab myself with the fork. Oh, in the but eyeball. in your own voice would be so good. So it has to be you. I get it. It has to be you. I, get it. I, get oh. I know. I know. I just, I think I just needed a break from my own friggin' words yeah, for a hot 100%. minute. You know, but, I, like, but it's I, coming. 
I bought the book and I always do this. I buy the book and then I buy it on Audible because I've like realized that I've never, but anyways, I was like, I'm going to read this one, but I am loving it. And as we talked about, like I've gone through specific chapters, even later in the book that I haven't got to yet, like the Mm -hmm. autism chapter. And what I would say when you said it's for everybody, it really is because even the chapter that you wrote for autism moms Mm -hmm. is also for friends of autism moms, right? Like there's so many pieces in there that like how to help how to talk to what things you can say right Right. like that stuff and I found even in the entrepreneur section as a manager in my full-time job there was stuff in there that I took away as an employee I don't have to I mean yes I have an entre I am an entrepreneur as well but as a manager I was like oh yeah these values these building this team like these are the people like that all resonated as an employee as well as an entrepreneur like I'm a solopreneur so the entrepreneur stuff about the building of the business but then I don't have staff right so it was like I was able to resonate with it in all these different ways so there really is something for everybody and it's such even if you're not a mom of six kids, right? If you're a mom of one, like there are so many situations in there and so many lessons that just really connect. So I think it's, it's awesome. I love it. That's so great. I'm so glad to hear that. That was a really good point you make about, you know, even from like a non-entrepreneur perspective, like when you put on your day job hat, it was still meaningful, you know? Absolutely. It was a hundred percent. Yeah. And there's, I really just, there's so many throughout it. I was, I'm, I've also discovered if I run fans in my house, my tinnitus isn't as bad. So that's how you I know what? That's um, so that tinnitus thing, that must be killer. Yeah, it's pretty like, nasty. How it's, long have you had that? I well, I you know, if you go to a rock concert and you come out with ringing of the ears. Yeah. Okay. So that's when I first had it. And in the last 10 years, I've really noticed that it's just nonstop. Is it really nonstop? Like you don't no, like I can hear it right now. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah. Oh, so what about white noise machines? Do you do white noise machines? Well, I do, but I don't because that would drive my husband crazy. Right. Um, because he likes to sleep in silence. Um, so I do put earbuds in, um, but having fans, cause it's been hot here that like, actually that's been helping is just having those noises around the house. You hear that this can actually do, I mean, I don't know, like going off topic a little bit, yeah. obviously, but I'm fascinated by this. Cause I've heard that this can drive people to destruction. Like it can yeah. like m- impact mental health. Um, yeah. there's been, you know, cases of suicide cause can't live with it anymore. Like, like this yeah. is, this can be serious, like serious stuff. Eh? Yeah. It's bad. It goes up with stress, which is crazy okay. because it causes stress. It goes up with caffeine. It goes up with alcohol. It, right. Like there's a whole bunch I've been in, I've had my hearing tested. My hearing's fantastic. Like it hasn't impacted my hearing at all. Um, and they've said they could give me a hearing aid that basically just matches the tone and kind of cancels it out. But I have chosen not to go that okay. route. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's livable, but the thing that it really, um, bedtime when it's quiet and then reading, cause I am a voracious reader. I love reading. I love books, yeah. but since this has become a problem, I can't just sit quietly and read because oh, it distracts man, right. me so badly. Yeah, of course. Of course. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, oh, that is totally off topic. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, like, you know, I, I get why you're halfway through the book. Also, yeah. you do have a full-time job, which is a side <laughs> hustle. You know what? If it takes you a little while to get through the book, you know, I'll forgive you. 
<laughs> I will say, I will say of the books I have intended to read this year, this is the one I am the furthest through. There you go. It's like, I really, I, and it, like you said, it is an easy read, right? Yeah. Like it is, it's, it's, it's not one piece. It's easy to glean all the goodness from it, right? It's not like, wait a second, I have to go back and read that page again because I totally right. spaced out, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm, it's, I recommend it highly. So, awesome. that's for everybody. It is called Like a Mother, Like a Mother, Birthing Businesses, Babies, and a Life Beyond Labels. So, okay, let's talk about that for a second. Do you think, not the physical Mabel's labels, because we all know they're amazing, but do you think labels are a good thing? So, um, interestingly, I'm a little bit, I feel like... I often say, leave the labeling to us. Right, right. Right. Um, we'll, we'll like just play on words, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, however, there is, there are cases where I do think labels help. Okay. And I will say, um, uh, I will go back to when my son was diagnosed with autism. Mm-hmm. That helps. That label helps. Of course, because you know what? Like at first when he, he was three and he got the diagnosis, I was like, oh, I don't want him. Like I took a hot minute. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, I don't want to use the word. Then people will make assumptions, whatever. But then I realized, hold on. Now that we know, yeah, we know what we can do. We can put a program together. We can get the therapies we need. People will understand his behaviors. They won't be like, oh, why is he ignoring me or not looking at me? Or why is and he he'll doing understand his behavior? And he'll yeah. understand 100%. And also resources, dude. Like yeah. this was like, okay, now we can get some funding for this. Now we can get some funding. Okay, now we can get special help at school for some speech therapy. Now, mm-hmm. without a diagnosis, you don't have access to resources. No, so exactly. I'm going to say you want that label mama mm-hmm. <laughs> in those situations. I absolutely agree. It was hard when our son was eight. So he was a, quite a bit older and had been like, we'd been told, no, he doesn't have autism. It's ADHD right. entirely. It turns out it's both. Right. And that actually gave us so many more answers, but I did struggle at first. I was like, oh God, what does this label mean? Yes. And then I was like, no, this is the avenue to all the resources and all the answers. So. And look at it, like, look at it from even the mom perspective. Like I think about moms now, like mm-hmm. a lot of moms who are, you know, they've got kids that are now getting, I've got my youngest is ADD, ADHD. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it really does make me realize that I think I was maybe just skimmed by the bullet. Like, I feel like I've got a little bit in me and you do see a lot of times where Apple doesn't fall far from hundred percent, hundred percent. And you can see these moms now, like, and because women or girls go largely undiagnosed because they present so differently to the mm-hmm. typical little boys. Now they're hyper and they get girls um, often slip through the cracks or they learn how to compensate and, and yeah. cover. Um, so what we're finding now is that, you know, these moms or their kids are getting diagnosed and they're like, holy cow, this is me. Like yeah. this is what, and so then they're getting diagnosed and suddenly they love the label because now they make sense to themselves. It, their world has opened up. Exactly. Oh, it's such a relief. It's, I'm yeah. not a freak. I'm not a, like, there's a reason I'm like this. And yeah. so often a diagnosis and a label like that can bring so much peace. Yeah. And then guess what? Then you can go on any meds that you need, or you know what your triggers are, and then you can learn the strategies and then you can better understand your kid and relate to them. And if your kid's triggering you, you can get some strategies of how you're not going to let that kid trigger you because of your own stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
So there's, we can use labels for good, but in the book, I, you know, and I talk about that, but I do talk about how women often are, you know, we do have labels. Like we do have um, people put expectations on us, like, you know, the super mom or what having it all means or what, Mm -hmm. and this, I do find it very gendered in a way that it doesn't apply to dads or men. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, even working mom, stay at home mom, you know, even right. mom guilt can be a label, right? Yeah. Like there's yeah. just, and they all yeah, have guilt ever. No, like, just don't never. Know? And it's, yeah. you don't hear parent guilt. Like you don't yeah. hear any of it. It's all like, these are all things and they come with them sort of those expectations, like, or assumptions about what a working mom looks like or what a stay at home right. mom looks like. Or- oh, and there's judgment around all of that. Like I remember when the kids were a bit younger, if I ever went to a conference or spoke at an evening event, people would say, oh, well, who's got the kids? Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to daddy, because he would go to events in the evening for work, you know, yeah. nobody ever asks. Not a one. I was like, what do you say? What do you say when people ask you, who's got the kids? He's like, I've never been asked that. <laughs> and I'm like, I've never not been asked that. Yeah. Never. Yeah. You know? It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's crazy. It's- yeah. Or, you know, like when my fifth kid was one, I got a nanny. And like, I was, should have got one three kids earlier, but I was a little late to that party because mm. I was stupid putting stuff on myself. And, you know, people be like, oh, it must be so nice to have a nanny. I'm like, what do working moms with six kids, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. Like, absolutely. What? Like, this is childcare. Like, what? Yeah. Like, and do you think anyone's ever shamed daddy for having a nanny and working? Never. But I have been nanny shamed. Like, people have been like, oh, well, you know, you got a nanny. I'm like, I'm very yeah. open about my nanny. I actually could have used two yeah. at one point, quite yeah. frankly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know it's that whole shaming thing. You actually, I wrote down a line from the book because I was like, oh, it was like a combination of two lines, but it was specifically about your concept of me time, right? Right. And how that looks different for everybody, but that know what you need and get it, own it without embarrassment or feelings of shame, right? So you need a nanny own that without those feelings of shame. Like you need self-care, you need time for yourself. And it looks different for everybody. For you, it was watching your kid at a hockey game for some others. It's a bubble bath or, you know, a coffee shop or whatever, but it's owning that and saying, no, this is what I need to make myself. Okay. And to feel good. Right. I just, I just made myself a shirt that says, do what makes you feel good. Awesome. You know, and it's like, that goes for everything that goes for moving your body. That goes for eating what you love. That goes for whatever makes you. And you can't let like, I mean, do you really, you know, if somebody, you know, the couple times that I've been whatever nanny shamed or whatever, I'm like, it's a joke. Like, you know, that's a joke. Like how, how was I supposed to like, what was I supposed to do? Put six kids in daycare. That makes no sense. Right. right? Exactly. Um, and also like always $8,000 a month. No, right. right? Yeah. (laughs) What's the point of even working? Like, um, yeah. And it's like, just, you know, don't, don't even let like that, that doesn't even bother me. Like, honestly, consider the source. Like, does that, and that's a thing you just cannot let and like I say this in the book is like Babe Ruth said, the loudest booze come from the cheapest seats. Yeah. Yeah. You know? What is, what does Brene Brown say? Like about being in the arena. Like, oh, exactly. right? like if you're exactly. not in the arena with me, your opinion does not matter. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're dealing with anything like that, like pick up some Brene, man, have a good dose of Brene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I have some questions I ask all my guests. I know okay. I would have asked you these at the very beginning, but I think they've changed slightly. So we're going to see where you're <laughs> at a couple of years later. Okay. Um, so 
and you do talk about this in the book to some degree, but how do you define balance for yourself and for your family? Yeah. Um, look, I think it's, I think it moves around a little bit. I think, um, I find like I've got it. I know some people are like, you can't have all the same things at the same time. I feel like you can, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, by leaving, uh, you know, the perfectionism at the door, That's um, it. you know, then I, then I can attain it. And like, if I feel out of balance, I just make a change. Right. You know, I'm the author of this book. If I'm like, you know, oh, you know what? I need to spend more time with the kids. Okay, then. So maybe make a shift at work, or you know, I talk about this in the book too. Like, you know, say no to things. Mm-hmm. No, to things. I wrote that down. I was like, learning to you know, say no. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. and have like the do not do. Instead of we all have these big to do lists, do your do not do list. What are you doing yes. that you shouldn't be doing? You know, yes. and then and and delegate that out. Is it time to get a virtual assistant? Is it time mm-hmm. to say? One of my things is I'm never unstacking a dishwasher again. I got kids who can do that. My yep. time's not best spent doing that. They can do some chores around here. So I think by saying no to certain things, if I have something, I have an event tonight, I'm supposed to go out. I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm not going to turn up. I think I'm yeah. going to not go because I'm thinking about, you know, I've had this stupid sick dog. And then I, so I've fallen apart on, I've fallen behind on a couple of other things. I, tomorrow I've got a speed engagement in the evening. I've got, I'm shooting reels all day. So you know what, maybe I'm going to just have to take a pass on that. That's all right. Mm -hmm. You know, a few people be like, where are you? I'll be like, you know, I had to say no. Yeah. I had to say no. I actually have a 10 point checklist to things before I say yes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what the number one thing is like, most of it is like, you know, is the audience like important to me? You know, is that their community going to want to buy labels? Will this, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all that sort of stuff. But really the number one is because at this age of stage, I'm like, do I want to? Yeah. Is it going to make you feel everything that kind of, that can, all the other nine, I can kind of be like, if I really want to go, I'll go. If I really don't want to go, no, not going. So it's like, what is it? If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. So we talked a little bit about the me time part. So what does self-care look like for you? Um, look, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. It's probably one that I'm not like the best at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's probably, yeah, look, the thing is, yeah, what does it look like? Like I do like try to go to the gym, got, like I have a 7am gym class tomorrow. I had to miss the one yesterday because they have sick dog. Like I'll try and do that stuff. I try to connect with my friends. Um, uh, I don't probably, yeah, it's probably not something I'm great at. Um, but, but I do you okay. have to be great? Yeah, that's I like, don't know. Like that's you don't a have thing. to be great at it if you're feeling like I feel you've great. Got the time yeah. you need for whatever makes you I, feel good, right? I do. And like it's kind of to that me time thing. And I do say take what you need, but I would also suggest if me time and self-care is a priority, then I would not start a business and have six kids. <laughs> like maybe start a business and have one kid yeah. or don't yeah. start a business and have three kids or like whatever, but you know, don't, don't do what yeah. I did. If you know, um, yeah, but I, yeah, I do think it is something that, um, that everyone has to define differently. Yeah. Well, and I would say being able to say no to the thing you're going to, you were going to go to today. That's self-care. Self-care. That is because that is 100%. taking care of you. Yeah. Right. So that's, yeah ultimately that's how I define it yeah. is taking care of you. And, what and you like need. last night I watched, remember that movie Juno? I watched that with my uh, teen, yeah. teen daughter. She'd never seen it. I'm like, you gotta see Juno. And uh, so we watched that. I'm like, 
that counts. Like, totally. I good. We had our little sick dog with us and we watched a movie. Like, yeah, that's totally yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Right. I mean, I, I do get though the traditional self care is like, are you eating well? And you do have to try right. and get your sleep and you've got to try to eat well. You've got to exercise. Like, that's, yeah. It's like medical almost. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and I yeah. do feel like as I, like, as I get older, that I got to do things now to make sure that when I'm, you know, 30 years from now, I still can clip my own toenails. And you're right. like, you want to make sure you are. I think we are preparing our bodies now for what they'll be able to do later. So we do Such have to a keep, good point. we do have to keep moving. We do have, like, yeah. so, you know, as much as, you know, I'm not saying I could do self-care, like I'm not going for my nails, you know, I'm not doing, you know, going for facial stuff like that, but yeah. you know, we do have to take care of those basic things as an investment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. I love it. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? Um, the biggest lesson is not to treat my kids the same because they're not the same. Mm-hmm. They have different mm-hmm. needs. I parent differently to each child. Um, if I can parent the same, I guess it would be easier. It'd probably be a little bit boring if all my kids were the same. Uh, but, but, to, but to treat them the same would be to treat them with inequality. Yeah. And not respect who they are as individuals. Exactly. How have they reacted to not being parented the same? Has there been, have they even noticed? Yeah, they get it. They get okay, it. Okay, cool. You know, because every once in a while they'll be like, why would you have done that with me? And I'll be like, I might have been very open about it too, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, you know, because I might have a different expectation, you know, for one kid about one thing and one kid about another thing. And, yeah. and they'll understand why, you know? Yeah. It's funny. Our son why. is very much about equality, but right. in the like most black and white sense. Of course. Right. Of course. So yes. it's like. Yeah. I've done this. So my sister yes. should do this. Yes. Right. And it's like the whole, it's an autism thing. thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah for exactly. sure. The black so and white funny. literal, that literal thinking yeah. Yeah, yeah, can be hard, can be difficult, but yeah, I do think like they do have different needs and I need to respond to them differently. I love that. I love that. Okay. How can our listeners connect with you? Get all the labels, get the book. Where right. is the best place to find you? Okay. So you can get the labels at mableslabels.com. And actually, if you go on right now and put Julie 15, that's your discount code. Awesome. Um, and then also, if you want to find out more about me, you go mableslabels.com slash Julie Cole and see cool. kind of the stuff I'm up to. I'm on all the usual places, Insta at Julie Cole Inc. Um, the book, Like a Mother, can be found on, uh, go to Amazon, yep. Uh, go online to Indigo, Barnes and Noble, all your favorite booksellers. It's there. Awesome. So I would love awesome. that. Leave a Google review of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Or an Amazon review, whatever. Thank you. Awesome. I will put all those things in the show notes so everybody can connect. Awesome. Yep. And I know that everybody who's ever come to a mom camp also gets a little mom camp Mabel's labels kit. Yes, so they that's did. always yeah. been fun. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge fan. We love it. My daughter has, she, this is maybe TMI. She has, um, she's just started shaving. Right. And so, um, we have the exact same razor. So hers yeah. has the Mabel's labels. On. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. They're on everything around me. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Yeah. 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 So goes and buys chocolate milk. They're like, that's mine. I bought it myself with my own money. <laughs> that's amazing. Actually, my son should be doing that because he's very protective of his right. his stuff. Yeah. yeah, totally. Awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like we could talk forever, but I just want to be respectful of your time. And I'm so grateful for you coming back on the show. I've just loved it. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. And, uh, you know, have a great rest of summer. Yeah, you too. What's left of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.